Where are you? Wherever you are, you, the audience, now control this space. You have full reign over the depth of your submersion. You decide when you come up for air. If you come up for air. Welcome to The Swell, an immersive audio experience. Produced by Refracted Theatre Company. Up first, Contrition, a long voicemail by Lieba Weinberg. We humbly request you step outside and find your way to a green space, preferably a park. Pause this if you need to get there. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop distracting you. Maybe there are people around. Are they familiar? Or do you find them uncommon? Hopefully there's a stream nearby. Can you see any stars? Is there a breeze? Does it remind you of anything? Once there was a man took a potion So when he looked at the ocean He thought he saw an army in motion And he swam out to defeat All the horses of the sea Tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hey, Noah. It's me, it's Rose. Sorry, yes, you said leave my name, so I do, I will, every time. I know you know that it's me. I just, uh, I thought I would try you because, well, I'm being a bad millennial. I didn't text you before I called, but I just, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not pregnant. That's something I would text, definitely. <laughs> it's weird. I guess I kind of grew up without a phone, at least in the in the beginning, I guess. But how did people, like, pick each other up at airports? I guess you had to just be at the appointed place at the appointed time and live in a society that was civilized. Are we still supposed to use that word, civilized? I always think an old guy with a glass of port and a mustache reading Rudyard Kipling and talking about the white man's burden when I say civilized. Anyway, Noah, stop distracting me. I, uh, I called because, oh, oh, that's why I was on that whole phone bit. Like, what did people do before? If you got pregnant or did you just write a letter or did you just stick a clothes hanger up there? I've never had an abortion, Noah. I don't know why I just made that joke. Point is, what if by the time the letter got to you, things had changed within me or for me or... And I know this is a long-winded way to, to say that... To say that... Oh, my God. I'm... Oh, my God. I remember it. I remember it. Hold on. This Jewess remembers it. Oh my god. I'm sorry I have sinned in choosing to do 
accent. <laughs> no, no. No, in choosing to sin. Don't you do sin? I do sin. No. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm sorry for my sins. OMG, I'm sorry for my sins. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry for my sins in choosing to sin. I got it. I got it. Oh, my God. I'm sorry for my sins in choosing to do to sin and failing to do good. Hold up. You do good, but you don't do sin? Why isn't gooding a verb here? What if I good and sin? Because you can't good. You're not inherently good. But I'm inherently sin? You're not inherently anything. Nothing exists. I exist. Prove it. I exist because I say I do. What if I say you don't? You know what? Stop distracting me. <laughs> oh my God, I am sorry for my sins in choosing to sin and failing to do good. I have sinned against you and your church. There you go, kid. I firmly intend with the help of your son. What? Why? late. No people are sleeping. I want the whole world to know how repentant I Rose. am. Rose. Okay. okay. Firmly intend, with the help of your son, to make up for my sins and love again. <laughs> what? No. what? I had it! I had it! And love again? Yeah. And no. love again. And love as I should. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's prescriptive. No shit. Why doesn't your God want me to love again? Not my God. He's the god of my parents. I can't believe they teach this shit to children. You know what I mean? Also, you didn't love as you should have. Excuse me? Also, how does he know that? Because you're here confessing that you haven't. I'm pretty sure nothing in the Hebrew translates to this kind of stuff. Oh, so it's better to not know what you're saying, teach children to repeat things they don't understand? Is that what Hebrew's for? I firmly intend, with the help of your son, to... Seriously, Rose. There's a fucking frog right there. Where? Right fucking there. Ah. And I'm not getting any closer to that fucking creature. Oh, are you scared? Ah, no, I'm not scared. I'm terrified. Of this little guy? No. Look. Oh. <laughs> that night that, uh... I was trying to learn the act of contrition, the one you do for reconciliation, confirmation. I don't know. It all sounds like a very corporate relationship to God, if you ask me. But hey, I guess I was using Jesus to flirt. The night we saw the frog and... I find you uncommon. Uncommon? Yeah. So it surprises me that you're... Hey! Uh, I have trauma. I stepped on a frog when I was a kid, barefoot. Oh, God. Was the frog okay? I hate you.
still confess these kinds of things? I guess they don't. I guess they just sit and wonder what to do and if it's too much or too little or... And that maybe it'll pass. The sky will clear and you'll know what to say, finally. And who to say it to and how and when. Wade's look animated. I was just thinking that. That exact sentence. Where's our planet? I can't see it. Oh my god. I'm sorry I have sinned. No. <laughs> I meant... That's not our planet. It's not a planet at all. It's Polaris. But it's yellow. That's the North Star. Why did we think it was a planet? I thought it was a planet. Mm-mm. No, look how bright it is. I thought the North Star isn't always the brightest star. Isn't that a myth? You know, it drove me up the fucking wall when you did that. You just wouldn't say anything. At all. Well, I said everything and wondered about everything. We talked about it. Apparently it's a journalistic technique. Wait seven seconds before you respond, because they might keep speaking. I don't know if I should be offended or thrilled that you were always kind of interviewing me, or... Sometimes I can't tell what you're thinking. I'm not. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I feel intimidated. Of me? Not like intellectually. You do not intimidate me intellectually. Uh-huh. I, I mean, like, you know what I mean. I don't. You're gonna have to tell me. Oh, come on. I can't, I mean, are you brushing your teeth? Mm-hmm. What are you saying? <laughs> Can you even hear me with that thing in your mouth? Mm-hmm. I, I just get, you know, I just want to check in and see how everybody's feeling and how everybody's doing. Well, how are you feeling? How are you doing? <laughs> well, that's not fair. I don't know what all this is about. Is something wrong? No. Oh my God. I'm getting attached. Uh-huh. To you. Uh-huh. I don't want to get attached if you aren't also attaching to me. Attaching. 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 Is that a bad thing? Only if you aren't also attaching. I'm not. You're not. Sorry, what? No, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm attached. Already. Why don't you fucking say something? If you see something, say something. If you feel something, say something. 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 I hate you. 
Uh huh. I do. Well, I love you. <laughs> Sometimes I think the sea is an army. And I let it alarm me. I feel like I'm supposed to apologize. I guess I might as well apologize. Just in case you're upset. You probably already know about. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I've sinned. I'm doing sin. I just... Are you still out there listening somewhere? Very quietly waiting for me to... Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two, one. Say something. <coughs> what if it's a placebo? <clears throat> what is? What if these are just sugar pills? Why would they be sugar pills? <coughs> I don't think they're working. <coughs> you can't do that. <coughs> what? You can't assume it's a placebo. That's literally how placebos work. If you assume it's a placebo, then even the real thing won't work. <coughs> what? Oh, come on. <coughs> you get it? You have to assume it's real. I don't have to assume anything. <coughs> Noah, what's the point of even trying if you're going to- I don't know. I don't know what the point of trying is. Please, please. I, I don't think there please. is one. Please. This is not a cocktail party at which you can be a charming, topical pessimist. With all due respect, it's whatever I want it to be. <laughs> due respect? <coughs> yeah. <coughs> what am I do here exactly? Sorry. Noah. Rosie, I wish I could give you what you're doing. That's due. not what I meant. So, a man's drowning, a bunch of people come over and say, hey, let us help you. And he says, no, no, God will save me. He's drowning still. They go and get the police, ambulances roll in, hospital stretchers, and he says, no, no, leave me alone, God will save me. Finally, they call in a helicopter and he still says, no, no, God will save me. And then he drowns. I know this joke. Do you? <laughs> well, he gets to heaven, God is standing there. Why didn't you save me, he says. God answers, what are you talking about? I sent the people, the police, the ambulances, the helicopter, you fucking idiot. <laughs> well, <coughs> I'm not going to suddenly start believing in God. <coughs> it's not a placebo. <clears throat> Do you want to take a walk? I'm pretty sure Polaris is out. 
sometimes I wonder if maybe you had believe in anything besides I don't believe in God I never did you know that I can't blame you for only believing in songs and water and stars for sniffing at labels for being so fucking sure that there was nothing to be sure of except us I was sure too Noah, I met this guy. I'm calling them, okay? I'm okay? It's okay. I'm calling. You're okay. You're okay. Something. 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 You don't have to say anything. I know. I know <coughs> something <coughs> something <coughs> something <coughs> this guy I just I wanted you to be the first to know and to forgive me maybe that I can feel myself starting to starting to start I think I'm I think he's I, I'm I'm I, I don't know what I am which I guess means that I am he kissed me and I remembered you in the right ways and sometimes he gets very still like you did and he doesn't say anything and it's just like Noah you're just going to let me keep talking, aren't you? Until I say what I came here to say. I guess you're the only thing I know that's past the line. The only thing I know that's not real anymore, that I know still exists. And I... I wanted you to be the first to know that I firmly intend to love again. As I should. Right? Was that it? I think it was. Maybe all the waters that flood you Finally love you Maybe they are sending a dove to Bring a piece of olive tree Welcome back to The Surface. That was Contrition, a long voicemail by Leba Vainberg, performed by Molly Carden and Blake DeLong, and directed by Tova Wolf. Up next, we take you into The Legend of Jim Gunderson and How I Wound Up in Your Ear by Dylan Guerra. I'm going to hand you off. He'll show you how to get there. They're all yours. I want you to venture outside. If you can, even if it's raining. And I want you to go to your local baseball diamond. You know the one. You walk by it all the time. Sometimes there are kids playing baseball. 
Sometimes it's softball. Sometimes it's a game they made up. I want you to go there and bring a hat. A flat bill cap is preferable, but any hat will do. Are you ready? I'll give you time. I'll wait. Are you there? Good. Look up. I want you to look up. What do you see? The sky? If you're an astronaut, do you see an exit? Is the sky an exit? Who let me into your ear? You did. I'm not an astronaut, but I could have been. You could have been too. You could have been an astronaut. Instead, you're, well, I don't know. This isn't the, this is just the prologue to the thing. This isn't about an astronaut. This is about me. This is the story of my life and how I wound up in your ear. At this point, if I could do it, if I could have my way, you would be standing in the middle of the baseball diamond I would go to as a kid, instead of your own. But you don't know where that is, and it might be too far away. You would be there, at my baseball diamond, instead of your own, watching me swing a baseball bat in the middle of my Little League game, and I would be seven years old. Home run, baby. They are all cheering for me as I run those bases. There's my dad, beaming with pride. And my mom, beaming with pride. And my older brother. But then, the cheers faded, replaced by general confusion. Because that baseball, the one I hit, it kept going up for the baseball. Just like astronauts, the sky was an exit. They say that baseball went so high for a moment, it forgot about gravity. Just for a moment. They say it went so high, it could be seen with a telescope from six towns over. That's Bridgewood. And that ball hung in the air, floating in the lack of gravity caught between space and sky. And years passed, and my game ended, and we all went home confused. Me, most of all. And years passed, and the world moved forward. And years passed, and the baseball hung in the gravity, suspended over my small town. A speck in the sky. A star? a speck, until it became a comet. My baseball, a comet. 
and it sailed back down to Earth, traveling at 130 kilometers per hour until it crash-landed into the local balloon store on Hydrangea Street, releasing 200 balloons onto the highway. I can't see where I'm going. I can't see where I'm going. Causing a 15-car pileup, including that milk truck's gonna blow. The MacArthur milk truck headed to deliver dairy to Lakeville. Which meant none of us got our eggs. And subsequently, Jim Gunderson didn't have enough eggs for the cake he was planning on baking for the 15th annual Lakeville Bake Off. And Jim had no choice but to venture out. This is the story of how I wound up in your ear. But this is also the story of Jim Gunderson. I want you to imagine Jim for me. Jim is precisely six feet tall. Jim keeps his hair between short and long. Jim likes to wear khaki pants. Jim also likes to wear button downs. One time, Jim went to therapy and the therapist said, you don't really need this. And all throughout grade school, teachers always got his name wrong. And so for a while, he was John. But eventually, he became Jim again. Now Jim had realized that his life was just a linear line heading toward nothing. And so he decided to enter the bake-off because it was something. And when my baseball made sure that he wouldn't get his eggs, Jim decided to take a stand. Now, I want you to picture Jim's neighborhood. Jim's block, 16 cookie-cutter houses, eight on each side. Different arrangements of the same tree, same bush, same grass. Cars in each driveway. Quaint. Full families in each home. Quaint. And Jim. Jim and his house. Alone. Quaint. And of course, at the end of the street, covered in vines, paint chipping off the wood, tin roof, not up to community code, a 17th house. Nobody ever went in. Nobody ever came out. Legend has it, inside that very house lived the Witch of Lakeville. And so, Jim went to every house, knocked on every door. Eggs? No. Eggs? No. Eggs? No. Damn. He went to each and every house, except for, you guessed it. Oh, am I really gonna? Okay. Okay, Jim. I'm not gonna let some creepy old house get in the way of my, uh... <clears throat> and up to the witch's house he went.
Yes? Standing before Jim, in the threshold of the witch's house was a... Just a... Normal, run-of-the-mill, average, Jim Gunderson-level average, not witch, woman. You're not a witch. Neither are you. No, ma'am, I am not. You rang. Huh? What? What? You rang. Uh, yes, ma'am, I, I, um, the eggs didn't come today, and I... You need an egg. Three. I'm baking a... Wait here. A series of thoughts ran through Jim Gunderson's head as the woman went back into her home for eggs. Is she a witch? She told me no. What is she doing living in a witch's house? Will I win the Lakeville Bake Off? What if I add raspberry to the batter? Who is this woman? Am I being rude? Does she think I'm ugly? Am I ugly? What happened to the dairy truck? How long will she be gone? How- You can come in if you'd like. Oh, um, sure. What? Sure! Now, imagine the house. Are you outside still? I hope so. Steel. Everything is steel. Steel floors, steel walls, steel table, steel chandelier. Oh, close the door. The wind makes the steel howl. Here are your eggs. Thank you. You're welcome. Can you hear his heartbeat? What is this place? I'm Megan. I'm glad we finally met. We're going to pause here, so I can give you a bit on Megan. Or rather, so I can tell you a story about Megan, and you can put her together for yourself. Megan lived at the top of a hill in the middle of a quaint little town with cobblestone streets and one grocery store. Megan has two parents. And one night, she was about seven at the time, with one of her parents laid out on a blanket, backs to the ground, eyes to the skies, Megan pointed up and said, I want to go there. And her parents said, Where? And she shrugged. Anyway, Jim on Megan's doorstep. Oh, um, I'm Jim. I know. And what is this place? Jim and Megan, common names. Anyway, there are your eggs. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck at the bake-off. Thanks. You're welcome. Oh, well, I should get going. See you soon? Thank you for the eggs. You're welcome. Thanks. Yes? Jim couldn't quite place it. Jim had a hard time placing it. But for some reason, Jim felt something rising in his chest. And no, it wasn't love. This isn't a love story. And no, it wasn't suspicion. Though he probably should have felt that. It was something else. A gathering. A pulling. A sense of meaning. 
He wasn't sure what it was exactly, but it felt... For the first time. Maybe. Like his life was in his own hands. Or more than that. It felt like his life could mean something other than being forgettable. And so off to the bake-off he went. Well, home, then the bake-off. Now, before we go into the bake-off, I want to flash us back to a moment that would prove pivotal for Jim. We're going back to when Jim was seven years old. His father took him to the opening game of the Lakeville Sailboats versus the Bridgeport Bridges, two regional baseball teams. The wonder in his eyes, the way the men swung their bats and hit their balls, the sweat, the way they'd run, the strike, the outs, the game of it all, the running, the circular nature, home run. All of it sunk into Jim. It. Jim Gunderson thinks about this while he's baking his cake. The other life he could have had. And the world been different. Cake's ready. And we're... Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Lakeville Bake Off. Tonight's event is sponsored by Dubber Tupper. It's not Tupper unless it's Dubber Tupper. So come on down to Dubber Tupper, the one-stop Tupperware shop for all your supper Tupper needs. And now, bakers, present your cakes. Jim stood in line, waiting to present his cake. And again, that sensation, that rising... This could be it. All his life has led up to this moment. This cake was his new beginning. Jim walked up to the podium, shaking. Out of 44 contestants, what would be his rank? This, this right here is a vanilla frosted raspberry and, uh, oh, it's an angel food cake with um white chocolate chips. White chocolate chips. Mmm. <sighs> Jim watched as they tasted the other 43 cakes. And he watched as the other bakers watched the other bakers taste the 43 cakes. And all the while, he said nothing. He made no new friends, no new anything. All the while, all the while, until the results were in. Are you still outside? Has a dog walked by you? How much time has passed? Do you know? If a dog has walked by, how many? How many dogs per minute? How do you measure time? By a watch? I don't. <sighs> Jim was going to get his answer. In 43rd place. 42nd. 
41st, 40th, 39th, 38th, 37th, 36th, 35th, 36th, 37th, 36th, 37th, 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 The mediocrity ricocheted through Jim. He felt it in his bones, hollowing out. He thought about his cookie-cutter home, about his job pushing pencils, about his car. It looked just like every other car. About how he took his coffee, a lot of milk. About the way his entire life had accumulated to being smack dab in the middle. And then, he thought about Megan. Jim? When I graduated college, I had an opportunity to move to New York City. There was an internship my mom's friend hired for with some stupid Wall Street banking firm, and I could have gone. But, but I didn't. And then... I had an opportunity to move with some friends to Puerto Rico to work on a holistic Teach for America program, but, but I didn't. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, you know, my house was handed down to me, and so was my car and, and my job, and, and everything just sort of fell into place. Like, I was a puzzle, not 1,000 pieces, just 24. I'm a 24-piece puzzle. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I'm telling you this. You let me some eggs, and, and so I... You lost the bake-off? Worse. Why don't you come in? You say you feel like your life is meaningless? I didn't say that. You will. I, I don't... What if I could help you find meaning? How would you... Oh, I, I didn't see this staircase before. Follow me. What if I told you there was a way to make your life have meaning? I've been thinking about moving. But moving wouldn't really change anything. You'd still be you. What's wrong with me? I didn't say there was. You did. I did? In a manner of speaking. Let me tell you something. My whole life, when I was a kid, I would sit out on blankets on warm nights with my parents and I would point up and I would say, I want to go there. And it was this totally weird freak thing and I didn't mean heaven and I didn't mean space. And eventually, when I made my way up there, I... But point is, what if I could provide you with the tools to give you that meaning you so desperately want? There's a pause here. A moment where our Jim Gunderson wonders if Megan might, in fact, be a witch. And then he thinks, even if she was a witch, and that's enough for... Okay. Give my life meaning. I already have. Look up. I suggest you do the same. What do you see? An exit? Um, I see a steel ceiling. And below you? Grass... Concrete, wood floors, tile. A steel floor. And all around you? Trees, buildings, cars, your home. Steel walls. Are you still outside? And what do you feel? A breeze, 
The wind? Nothing. Nothing. I'm not a witch, Jim. I, I know. I'm a scientist, and I'm working on a theory, and I already know it's true. At this point, she pulls out a hat from her bag. A flat bill cap. Inside it were wires. Lots and lots of wires. This place is nothing. I've built a chamber into the ground in order to contain nothing. Because it's through nothing that we can travel. Travel? To our past selves. Through our past selves. I'm sorry, I... I... All the changes you would make to your past. I can help you make them. When I went up, Jim, when I finally went up, I traveled and traveled and I found nothing. And on the other side of that nothing, I found me, several me's, different me, scattered all throughout time. And I saw all my futures and I saw all my pasts and I wanted to bottle it. So I did. And another me met another you. I'm sorry, I, I, I don't understand. If you, Jim, remain in this room with this hat on your head, so long as you stay here in this room, in this nothingness, you will travel back in time into your past self. Oh, I... What do you have to lose? Jim is about to say nothing. And then he stops himself. And silently, quietly, quickly... Sharply, he grabs the hat. Put it on your head. He does. And put the headphones sticking out from the sides. Put them in your ears. He does. Are you sure this works? Another you asked another me that before. Oh. Well. Huh. Oh. You were an astronaut once. And still? Wasn't for you. Oh. Every time your life doesn't work out how you'd hope, you'd find a way to find me. At least as far as I know, and I know a lot. And what's the meaning behind that? Why do I find you? Megan shrugs. In that shrug, Jim finds his answer. Sort of. Now if you can do me a favor and count backwards from ten. Okay. And I mean this politely, I hope I never see you again. Me too. Count. Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Jim shut his eyes. He thought about the life he was giving up. And he wondered. As the dissonance grew louder, as his journey began to take off, he wondered, how how far back am I going? And just as a thought left his brain, there he was, standing at home base. Bat at the ready. He's seven years old. And he's waiting to hit that baseball. Determination in his eyes. Family in the bleachers. Little league coach just within sight. And the tiny pitcher throws the ball. Home run, baby. You know the rest of the story. 
Well, you know the rest of one of the stories. I want you to look up. One last time. What do you see? Jim Gunderson saw an exit. Once. In one iteration. Sometimes he just saw clouds. And sometimes he saw nothing. But now, I want to know, Jim. If I can call you Jim. What do you see? And where will you go? You made it. That was The Legend of Jim Gunderson and How I Wound Up in Your Ear by Dylan Guerra. Performed by David Shee, Jelani Aladdin, and Claudia Acosta. And directed by Graham Miller. Today's act was sound designed by Emma Wilk. Produced by Refracted Theatre Company. Make sure to follow Refracted at Refracted Co. on Instagram and Facebook. We hope you enjoyed your immersive audio experience for one, and stay tuned for the next act. This has been The Swell. <laughs> <laughs>